Hello and welcome to this week's On Wednesdays We Wear Black with me, Sophie K, Yasmin Suman, and the Scene Queen! I feel like I'm throwing off the balance wearing pink to we're like we wear black, but <laughs> I know we need to change it. We need to make it on oh, Wednesdays. We we wear pink. Black. Um, enough people pink. in the scene, enough people in the scene have been trying to change me into being edgier since I started that I feel like it would have happened. <laughs> how do we so how would you rather we call you scene queen? Do we call you Miss Queen? No, right. my gosh. The queen? Miss scene queen? The scene queen? Or Miss queen for short? My liege? Or perhaps, <laughs> perhaps madame? Or... Milady? <laughs> exactly, so, yeah. Just for anyone who's been living under a rock, um, and because we do get a real range of people listening to this podcast, you are an absolute sensation within Truly. music because you've come onto the scene let's just sum it up you're totally in pink right now mm-hmm. that's not unusual for you Mm-mm. um you have created music that people you do things called twerkle pits where mm-hmm. people can twerk instead of a circle pit you sing about cutting off boners um and I'm trying to sum it up. How do you sum up the the what you have done with your um, music? I think bimbo core is just <laughs> the antithesis. That. The antithesis of any gatekeepers like what they want to see out of the scene. You know, like people that have traditionally been like, oh, only metalcore bands can exist in this scene, and they have to sound in exactly one specific way, look a certain way, talk a certain way. And, you know, sticking that in the face of those people and also misogynists in the scene. And just being their worst, loudest nightmare. You are a misogynist's worst nightmare. That's the best way to describe you. And I love it. I live for it. The dream. The dream (laughs) and the nightmare. It's great. It's so great. I live for it. It's brilliant because you don't look... Um, you don't look as heavy as your music is because there's this kind of like set way we're all supposed to look isn't there and you were just like fuck it I'm gonna look how I look I mean I think like part of it is for the longest time like I used to go to shows and I used to when I was younger you know dress like a lot edgier and I just like realized and like the whole point of the scene is for people that don't fit in actively trying to assimilate while I'm in this scene and I'm like because it's just like I don't know it's not like I ever hated pink you know like my entire bedroom when I was like a kid was like this pink Paris themed room you know (laughs) so like the fact that I was like I have to tear all of that down and only have a band posters and blah 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 to fit in like I just felt like I was doing myself a disservice by doing that I guess so then it also worked out that around that time frame, I had kind of left the scene and then come back because it was just like, didn't feel like there was a place for women in it anymore. So I was just like, I'm going to take a break from this around like 2015. And then like my style just kind of shifted because I was like a sorority girl in 2015 and like whatever. So when I came back into the scene, I just never readjusted, I guess, style wise. Were you, by the time you decided to do the aesthetic, were you mm-hmm. already signed? No. Um, so I, 
when I originally released music, it was under like the artist name Rose, like my first song, but I released one song under that name. And then one of the girls from Blackpink dropped a solo project as Rose. And I was like, well, that's about it for me then. (laughs) (laughs) But I literally like that whole branding was still all pink. Like I, you know, all all of my press photos were pink and stuff. And like I said, I already had done like the whole sorority thing. And like you're a sorority girl, even if your sorority colors aren't pink, which mine ended up being red, which is like funny now because, you know, anytime I'm at a show and they ask me what lighting I have I'm like you can't put red because that's going to clash with like quite literally everything I'm yeah. doing like <laughs> wise. so like yeah I uh I don't know it's just funny because I, I already kind of dressed like that but then you know I I had the money which I think is why people think I'm an industry plant maybe that they're like she got signed and then like suddenly all of her style changed or whatever and I was like you do have to realize like I was a broke songwriter with no career all of my clothes were from like ross tj maxx or tk maxx for you guys like you know like none of my style was that cool because i didn't have money to have style like style is just relative to like what you have resources to you know so then like i got signed or whatever and like not that i got signed for like a huge check or anything but like i got signed and then tiktok started taking off and i was getting brand deals that i wasn't in blah 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 so like the first thing i did was invest in fast fashion like you know as you do so yeah yeah wow okay so people hang on people have called you an industry plant oh my gosh sophie they've called her everything yeah what what is it just comments on tiktok yeah i mean to be fair like i kind of understand the look in the sense that you know like i said i wrote under a different artist name and then like I didn't put out music for an entire year and then came back and switched my name and had a new aesthetic but like I said like first of all when you're signing with a label that doesn't happen in a month that takes like seven to eight months Mm. and in that time frame that you're like talking to a label if you were to drop a song in that time frame and like god forbid it tanks or something you just blew that opportunity because the label's like, oh, well, I'm not gonna sign this project. It's literally dead, you know? Like, yeah. so you can't put out music until like in that time frame. So then like, once I finally did get signed, then they're like, okay, well now we're starting the record that we're investing in. So you start from scratch. Like the majority of the time you keep none of the demos that you show to the label. Like you start completely from like whatever. And then like, I had all these like health problems and then stuff got pushed back. So I ended up releasing music an entire year later. And then, like I said, like my TikTok started blowing up just from like my first song, Are You Tired? So I was finally getting brand deals and stuff. So I was like, oh yeah, now I can like go on a little shopping spree. But if you look at my first like videos as scene queen, I'm wearing like the same five shirts every single video, (laughs) just with different accessories. But people are like, oh, like she's a new person now. And I'm like, well, that's what happens. Like a lot can happen in a year, I guess. I can't imagine though, like just knowing labels and knowing label people a lot, because obviously Yaz and I have to hang out with them. I can't um, imagine them thinking, because like there's the box, right? Labels like to think in the box and they like people towards the lines of the box. Yeah. Whereas I feel like you've left the box, you've started a new box, left that box, and you've just created this whole new universe. You burnt all the other the other boxes. Well, I can't believe my label, label also thinks it's kind of funny too because like well for starters I think people are just delusional as to how big like labels in the scene are 
But Hopeless specifically is one of like the very few labels in the scene that's still fully independent. Like they're not mm. under a bigger label or whatever. It's just Hopeless. They do like their own distribution or whatever. Um, so it's like really like, I want to say they have like 10 people in their US office, maybe. Um, so I think that they have the time to like literally like start me from the ground up, like all this stuff when they have 30 other artists and there's like 10 of them total is insane. But also like, when you start saying things like, I put the hoe in hotel as the like hook <laughs> of a song, that then makes it way harder for a label to like market you. Cause there are like a pop, like traditionally, like a lot of their bands are, you know, like pop punk acts. And like now they're expanding and like doing a bunch of other stuff. Like I like love the direction that they're going in, but there was like this moment where they kind of had to be like, we have to shift focus because we cannot put this girl up for this stuff if she's doing this like and now i feel lucky because i'm like well thankfully the place i ended up was just like within queer culture and now i yeah. you know like and hyper pop yeah. ended up doing its thing in that like time and i feel like in a weird way i'm kind of like hyper pop adjacent just because like the two are like so embedded in like the queer scene right now so mm. i don't know but for them that's like very outside their normal wheelhouse i feel like i mean they have a lot of queer artists but it's just like they're also doing a genre that they already like existed you know like mm. i had to sit in a meeting with my radio station bosses mm -hmm. and play them your single right <laughs> i was there trying to convince them no this is a radio edit guys no this is a radio edit this is safe um and they were reading the lyrics back to me and it was at that point that i was like yeah okay fair oh yeah valid <laughs> it's it's funny because fighting. like everyone at the label was like are you sure you want to do that as the single and i was like yeah we can do it as the single but then like a few weeks later i was like but if no one can play the song in any capacity you are allowed to push these two as well like because i was like i can push the boundaries to an extent but also i do push the boundaries a lot to where sometimes like if i just left it like that it would hinder me so i'm like yeah it's okay if you do these other ones but just for the sake of having the video be the pink hotel video and having it be part of the scene queen lore. Like I, I wanted that to be the single. What would you say has been the most surreal moment so far in your career? Cause this is shot up really quick. Cause we saw you in LA when we did mm -hmm. emo night. Oh my we, gosh. That, that was, was amazing like, by the way. February 2022. I'm yeah. such like, emo night was so funny though. Cause I'm just like such a little fangirl of you guys. So, you know, I was like, filming the entire thing i'm like you guys don't even understand how like full circle <laughs> for them to be out in the u.s like that's how we feel about you in the uk yeah <laughs> well then you know feeling is mutual but yeah that feels like forever ago the most surreal thing though for me for sure is all like the set it off stuff i feel like because yes. that when i booked that session it was with cody and like cody had been writing for like a couple other projects like um i was aware like that he had already written with like kaylee morgue on her like stuff that she just dropped like under thriller records um so i was like oh like maybe he'll want to get in as a writer so then we like booked that session it was after like we had hung out like a couple times or whatever and i just like started roasting him on twitter randomly which is funny <laughs> now because i feel like that's how i've gotten that's quite literally how I've gotten every like opportunity that I've gotten in like my career thus far. Like the reason I got on like the Palais Royale tour for some of the US states, like in the middle of my tour, 
was because I just started roasting them on Twitter, like, because I just, you know, whatever. So I started, like, roasting him on Twitter. We met at a concert. I think it was for, like, 0936 or something, like, in L.A. Um, and, like, me and Cody were the brightest people there, obviously, like, in that crowd. Um, so he's hard to miss in the crowd. So I, like, walked up to him, and I was like, yeah, you got to get in. Like, we got to get into right together. So then when we first got in the session, like, I didn't even ask about the collab thing. Like, we were just writing, and my friend Canner that was, like, in the session with us, was like this has to be a collab like how are you not seeing this and I was like oh I don't I don't know like that'd be so that'd be so crazy wouldn't wouldn't that be crazy Cody if we like maybe did a collab like I don't know that sounds wild but but what if what if exactly literally I I wouldn't ask like I was so awkward and then he was like yes of course I love this like project or whatever and then I was like so then you know now now still like anytime he text me or something like I still panic a little bit because I'm like no one move like uh, Cody Carson I don't know what's happening like he needs something so oh. maybe that but then also when we were young fest I like ran into Vic Fuentes and just felt like he knew who I was like wow. the fact that you know Vic Fuentes knows my name and follows me on Instagram makes me like throw up a little bit but honestly that was such a full circle moment because I remember I found you and we became friends like as you were blowing up on TikTok and vice versa but um I mm. like the first video I found from you was a, a Pierce the Veil video because I'd also made one using the same sound and I was like oh my gosh we should be mutuals and here we are <laughs> here we are no literally I think about that too because it was like a it was like an isolated boat or something that you had posted it was like your original audio and I like post it and some you like respond and you're like, I love when pretty people like use my sound. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm obsessed with you for months. I've been following you like blah, blah, blah. And you're like, OK, weirdo. And you follow me back. I was like, I love it, though. Whatever. I've loved, I've loved watching you like blow up from like Pink Rover and like Pretty in Pink and, and Pink Panther to to being just casually hanging out with Vic Fuentes, cutting about with him. Like what a moment in a year as well. What do you it say to Vic Fuentes when you hang out with him? Because like, right, well, I wouldn't right. know what to say. I'd be like, um, hello, Mr. Fuentes. Because I'd just get King for a day. <laughs> so we, for a second, like, talked right before he went on stage, right? And I was like, I'm not going to bother him because he's playing to, like, tens of thousands of people. Like, the crowd was ridiculous at When We Were Young yeah, Fest, right? Yeah. So it's just like, hey, uh, good to, like, meet you, whatever. And he was so nice. Like, he's just like, hi, beautiful. Like, oh, it's so good to, like, finally, like, talk. And I'm like, uh-huh, like, that's so cool. Um, so then, yeah, we didn't talk like really then. And then, you know, as we were walking back from the set, I was like so embarrassed because I was walking with Remington from Palais Royale to like another band's set. Cause this was like right after I'd like done that tour with them. So we were like walking to a different set and they were riding on their golf cart back. And the way that it probably looked, they like thought that I missed like their entire set. Like I went to go watch someone else, and I was like, no, like no, this is my nightmare. I was like, oh. I great set, guys. Like as they drove away, and then <laughs> so then I was like, I have to see them again because I'm bombing. Like I'm blowing every opportunity right now. So then, of course, my agent that was with me like the whole time, he's just like, I'm not gonna tell you when they're gonna be around because I know you, and you're gonna freak out and panic. And he's like, and I need you to like be scene queen here and like be cool or whatever so it's like okay for sure so i'm gonna get drunk and then you're gonna push me to him whenever the time is right so then of course the moment i do you get drunk he's like there they are shoves me into a conversation and then we talked for like 20 minutes but and then i just saw them on new year's in san diego and again i'm a loser so like 
I'm with my agent who like is longtime friends with, well, yeah, I have like two agents, but like one of them is longtime friends with Vic, you know, like he officiated their wedding. Wow. <laughs> wow. So, um, yeah. Like Vic and Danielle's wedding. Um, so we literally like we're standing outside of their dressing room and I was just like in my brain, I'm like, this is cool if you do this because you're longtime friends with them. But I look insane because I'm <laughs> hanging around your dressing room knowing that I'm a huge fan. Just like, oh, I wonder if they're going to come out soon. And then, of course, they did. And they're like, oh, good to see you again. Blah, blah, blah. But I was like, every scenario I run into is a nightmare for me because like I'm always just so incredibly awkward and also shoved into meeting them like off the cuff where I'm like, I'm not ready. Like, I'm for sure not ready. I I'm obsessed and I love the fact that you're so open with how socially awkward you are because I am also extremely socially <laughs> awkward. I embarrass myself on the regular. In fact, I've got a photo of me with Vic Fuentes. For some reason, he decided to play my leg like a guitar. I look twice his size. It's the most <laughs> awkward photo I've ever seen in my life. But anyway, I love the fact you're, you're so open about that because I feel like in the scene, there's this pressure on women to be like super pouty and sexy all the time oh yeah and it's like i've got my neck tattoos and i'm always like just really cool and then i don't i don't i'm not hating on those women because they look amazing but i love the fact that it's representation of people who are socially i think too. aside from like the whole aesthetic of my music <laughs> i do feel like a lot of the reason that i've kept like fans and stuff is like from things like my twitter where i just can be like normal and weird because then I feel like people relate to that a lot more like the bimbo aesthetic is kind of in a weird way like a little bit unattainable so I feel like if it was just that bimbo aesthetic like I would have more admirers than like yes. fans that you know like want to be around me and like meet me at shows and like hang out and stuff and I feel like I would much rather have that like because I feel like it's also like bands that I know that are like super cool and aesthetic like I don't know that I would go see them 400 times because I'm like genuinely afraid of them, you know? Like I'm <laughs> yeah. just so intimidated yeah. <laughs> that I'm like the bands that I did love to go see, not to say set it off is like nerds, but if you meet them, they're like, you know, like theater kids. Like, they're like, so cute. <laughs> yeah. They're so cute. You know, the first time I interviewed um, Set It Off and it was when they first dropped, I think it was, was it Why Worry, their first big single? And they, yeah, um, yeah. Cody literally did research on me knowing that I was about to interview him <laughs> that sounds that literally sounds like something Cody would do for sure yeah and so he turned up like going hello Sophie I like the fact you've done this blah 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 blah, and just was on it and those guys have just been nice ever since I can't say that for every artist but those guys are really down to earth yeah so I feel bad that I roast him so often because Cody <laughs> is just like genuinely such a good guy and like it's gotten to the point that like specifically with him and Andy Leo from Crown the Empire, that when like, whenever they can get a joke in with me, like they'll audibly go, yes. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> I was like, I thought this was like a bit that I was like actually scary. But now I'm like, I think I genuinely like scare band dudes, which is like my dream, but <laughs> I'm scaring the little gentle ones. So I'm like, I need to start scaring like the, you know, deathcore bands. Oh my God, please. <laughs> I would pay to see that. I think- Me too. You've got very British sense of humor, though. Your humor is like it very much. I love it there because they're very like sarcastic and just like self-deprecating. And I yeah, in LA, I get it. Is the wrong humor for you, I imagine. 
LA is um, a very different type of humor. It, like, because my LA shows are always like close to West Hollywood, so I just get like you know a huge like portion of the gay scene when I do play uh, LA. Yeah. Mm. So then it kind of works out that way. Um, because their sense of humor is all like liking things ironically, you know. So <laughs> yeah, then it works yeah. out. Well, um, what we're gonna do now today is we're going to read some fan fiction because it's our 100... We haven't talked about the fact it's our 100th episode. Right? We've been doing this 100, 100 days, 100 times. I was doing this, I think, before... No, I was I was doing TikTok before We Were Black. So, like, you probably knew me before We Were Black, Anna. I definitely did. Insane. Insane. Mad one. But yeah, I feel I'm... like I started following you and you had, like, blue hair at the time and I feel like that was so long ago. I'd like to forget that time in my life. The many faces of Yasmin. Oh, God. I can just recall all the trauma from that blue-haired era. Um, but no, 100 episodes, Sophie. That's that's a lot of episodes. 100 episodes. Uh, it's, we haven't killed each other yet. Close. Say yet. It ca- close. It came close. Pretty it close. Came close. It's um, very close. You my called me E.T. Became... recently. I Not did... even before. You said Listen. I look like E.T. And I was like... I- I called you E.T. as a compliment because E.T.'s cute That's and not small. a fucking compliment. And you had a brown hat on. See, the image of E.T. that I had when you said that, though, was like the leg like, wrapped up in a blanket, like whatever. And I was hood. like, where was this that you thought? <laughs> it's the little hood and E.T.'s cute. And then where's the weird hat in the cupboard? And I can imagine Yasmin doing that and going like, oh, Yasmin, go all you do is bully me, Sophie. All you do is bully me. What are we doing for our 100 episode then, Sophie? Okay, so we're going to do some... Um, I'm going to be reading you some fan fictions. Um, I think we've got time for a couple. Okay. So... I was an avid fan fiction reader. See, this is what I mean. I'm such a loser. Like, that's also why, like, I saw Vic Fuentes and, like, trauma appeared because I'm like, oh, God, I used to read Kelly fan fiction. Like, I'm <gasps> such a... Like, no, I know. Honestly, this is. I'm gonna admit this. This is a safe space. I'm gonna admit this now. I fully wrote Kellic fan fiction. <laughs> See, I wish, I wish I had the stamina to write fan fiction. But like the people that wrote fan fiction, like they were updating it so fast. Also, I was like a little like, I don't know, repressed child. So I'm like, so I didn't know enough about like gay men having sex, which is all. <laughs> All of sa- like all you were of like fiction. taking notes like mm, okay this is how yeah exactly <laughs> yeah literally that's like a hundred percent what happened hot bitches had a Kellic phase since you called this a safe space Yasmin what was your um, username when you wrote your fan fiction I don't want to say <laughs> is it still up was it on Wattpad or was it on Tumblr only it was on Tumblr and I've deleted the account I've deleted the but I think oh shit was I was getting my pen different name but it was pierce the yasmin and then it was bring me the yasmin (laughs) so what was your name tell me i didn't write a fucking fan fiction yeah but tell me your screen name on myspace on myspace i'm not telling you you bitch i'm not telling you i'm not telling you see i so (laughs) i've written with the ready set a bunch of times and i had to be like oh i was Hannah ready set for like on twitter and stuff he's like oh i know you tweeted me every day for 10 years yeah i'm like that's awesome uh anyways so <laughs> that is hilarious i love that for you on tumblr at one point i think i was like of mice and menstruation or something like that 
Oh, that's good. That's good. But then I had to change it because my mom found it. And she was like, what is this? And then I had like finding <laughs> emo 666 and like something on another, like for my Finsta at the time. You were Which cool. now I don't have a Finsta because I had a Finsta and all of my fans kept trying to request it. And I was like, the air is over. <laughs> you were cool. You were cool. Um, Fuck. I'm, I'm dumb now. <laughs> I was not cool. I was just good at puns. <laughs> There's a distinction. People that are good at puns are, in fact, the opposite of cool 99% of the time. So, guys, you can pick um, between these two. Would you rather... <laughs> I'm literally crying for no reason. Like, my one eye just won't stop watering. But it's, I'm just so happy to be here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so happy to be here. Thank you so much for the opportunity. That should be your speech. Um, be your speech. It will be. Would you rather, right, these are the two fan fictions. There's one that I'm definitely reading about, set it off. But would you rather kidnapped by Slipknot or adopted by Fallout Boy? Oh, my God. Uh, what? What? How does the adoption one work? Like, hey, I sold you to this crazy band. Bye. I love, no, I love the adoption ones. I also used to have, like, a weird thing with joe from fallout boy where it was like joe troham's ham hands or something and i used to make edits of him with ham for hands and for some reason because <laughs> wow. when you're 14 you think that's funny i don't know so <laughs> yeah all right well we'll I get go that. with fallout boy unbelievably there was a lot of adopted by fallout boy fan so fictions many. that's so unsurprising just... at all. like for me I fully i didn't realize this was a thing that people would write about being adopted by a band. Yeah. I feel like it's... I think No, go on. Go on. I was like, for me, because at the time I was an intense pick me. Um, I was like, I'm not like other girls. I don't want to have like a love connection with the band. I want them to be like my brothers, even though I was like in love with said band, you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm like, let's that's exactly what you say about Beartooth. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know if I want to... I don't want to marry Caleb Schoenler. I want him to be like my dad, like my father figure. That's repressed daddy issues from another... But do you know what I mean? Like, I'm still in that. I'm very still in that. I'm proudly I in that. I met Caleb Shomo for the first time, like, at a show, uh, like, a few months ago. And I don't know why, but I thought in my brain he was short. And I think no. I just, like, associate him with a bunch of bands that have short lead singers... Yeah. So then, like, I saw him in person. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> I was so shocked. I will never forget when we won a Heavy Music Award. I walked off stage and went, oh, my God. Turned to the left of me and was like, hi, Caleb Shomo. And then walked off because he wasn't accepting an, an award straight after us. So he just saw me scream into my hands. I'm I surprised like, you didn't just go, Daddy. <laughs> I was so close. <laughs> I was so close. Uh, Didn't. Do okay. the formal approach, just like father. <laughs> <laughs> Is that you? <laughs> what are you doing? Here? <laughs> Imagine. Okay, so this is from Wattpad, and it's um, okay, kid forever. <laughs> Thank you oh, for when... crediting the artist behind the art. Oh, you have to. You have to. You yes. have to. This these is... these kids spent spent their time, their energy, blood, sweat, tears would go into these fanfics. Okay. So it starts with. OMG, guess who's here to adopt? They're celebrities. She was changing her shirt and now was wearing a black veil bride shirt and black jeans. She put her hair in a ponytail and looked at me. Guess, black veil brides, I questioned because of her shirt. No, guess again, as if like just 
multiple bands come to these. See, I can envision this in my head with one of those like edits of like outfits on that used to be like on Instagram and Pinterest where it's like what I would wear to a concert. And it's like the one specific pair of black ripped jeans. You know which one I'm talking about. They're always like so skinny yeah. and shredded. And then like the most like black veil brides esque black veil brides shirt the set and then like the world on fire photos yeah. the ones where you've got like, a rubber the hair and the exactly yeah. exactly and a spiked rubber bracelet that's what i'm envisioning here so we're setting the mood <laughs> I, 100 i'm with you on that one um so she also guesses uh pits the veil sleeping with sirens all time low she shook her head through her nail polish she chose a red one and said nope one more try <sighs> falling in reverse she turned back to me. Close. First word. Um, I thought of any other bands that had falling in their name. Fallout Boy? I was already giving up. She turned around in excitement and said, yes! She was jumping up and down and she hugged me. They're looking for kids between 10 and 14. That's so I weird! I That's smiled. So weird. Okay, now. <laughs> it wouldn't... Given what we know now about the scene. Yeah. Odd. Back then, I would have been all for this. Like, like, this hindsight, though, I would be on the phone to 999 right now. Like, hey, girlies, got something to tell you. Looking for 10 to 12s. <laughs> Seeking 10 to 12s. So at this point, um, we then go through. I'm not going to read this part. They sit around a boardroom table and they're interviewed oh. by the band. Okay. And it gets down to Cora and she's chosen. Um, Patrick's now taking her home to his wife, who's in the kitchen, surprised that he's come, <laughs> that he's come home with a child. That, yeah. <laughs> Valid. Valid. And so she's like, who's this? And Patrick turns to his wife and goes, um, well, remember that we were considering adopting? I frowned. She seemed to kind of understand what he was talking about. She was not happy. She frowned and stiffened. Patrick, can you be a little bit more specific? Well, since we wanted to adopt, I decided to go ahead and look for a child that we would love. <laughs> while you while you work on that, Cora here is a lot like you and me. He gave me a hug and smiled at her. She glared at him for a moment and I felt out of place. What am I doing here? All I'm doing here is intruding. Eliza doesn't want me here. Why did Patrick adopt me without Eliza's approval? So Valid question. Believe it. <laughs> I also like, I like that he was like, I didn't want to disrupt you from cooking dinner. <laughs> so I just got a child. Like, it wasn't like she was in like a, you know, tough time in her life. Like he was like, didn't want to interrupt you for the 20 minutes that you were cooking dinner. In that meantime, I caught this kid. I caught a kid, brought it over. <laughs> and they're 12. Only, yeah. So after a small moment of awkward silence, she smiled. Oh, okay. Welcome home, Cora. She gave me a big hug. And then there was a knock on the door. I'll go get it, Patrick said. And I shall follow, I stated and followed Patrick. I heard... And I shall follow. Are you a Victorian Stop. child? Like, hold on, I shall Papa. follow him. I like this now because now I feel like it's written by a British person. So now I'm like, re <laughs> I'm imagining this now in a very different accent than like what I thought. I heard Eliza giggle. And then I saw Patrick open the door. Pete, Joe and Andy were standing there. Patrick, they said and gave him a hug. After talking for a moment, Andy said, hey, where is Cora? I was standing near the stairs, which were a few feet away from them. Here, I said, and threw my hand up in the air so that they could see me. Oh, my well, God. Well, 
this goes on for like 50 oh. more chapters. That is where we're going to stop with this adoption, um, which I thought was quite, I thought it was quite innocent and wonderful. I have no words. <laughs> I, like it was wholesome at the time, like being 12 and being like, I want them to be my dads. Now I'm like, um, sir, what are you doing with that child? You're a grown man. Get in the studio and pay some taxes. This is like a pop punk band's worst well, nightmare. Well, it's also like the odd narrative of calling not Patrick Stump even dad, but rather Dada. Like, you know? <laughs> <laughs> like Dada. Yeah, your genuine father figure. <laughs> who you've just met as well. Who you've just met and you're like, Dada, wait. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Yeah. Okay, Kid Forever, adopted by Fallout Boy. If you want to read the whole thing, it's on Wattpad. Um, the next I will one be we... going to read the full thing. I can't oh, be left yeah. on a cliffhanger. The, the next one, um, I edited out quite a lot. I'm not going to lie. So we just have some highlights. <laughs> um, I don't know what this means but it was set it off one shots and AUs do either of you know what that means <laughs> a- oh, oh no oh, this is smut be- for sure <gasps> this is smut for sure oh, one shot it's oh. it's written by someone called Dick Guzzler <coughs> of course it is Dick Guzzler on uh on <laughs> what pad that was me <laughs> Sorry. This I is actually one more an intervention. We knew it was you. And this is just I was close. like, <laughs> that was one of my other usernames. I totally forgot. <laughs> so this one starts with fucking hell, Max. If you don't shut up about your drums, I'm shoving that drumstick up your ass. Cody groaned and threw his head back on the couch, waiting for <laughs> Max's daily spiel to be over with. Hold on. Oh, hold on. <laughs> Can I just interject really quick? So... I don't know why, but like hearing Cody Carson swear in casual conversation is like hearing an uncle that goes like, darn it. You know what I mean? Like, yes. it's, it's Cody is not like a naturally like, aggressive person. So like just hearing like, I'd shove it up your ass makes you want to die. Because when we were in the <laughs> session recording Barbie and Ken, he said something about like, we were doing an ad lib and he was just like, I'm made out of plastic. I don't even have a dick. And I was just like, Cody, <laughs> you know? Like, <laughs> oh, where are your parents? <laughs> He's just the sweetest. Okay. Oh, he'd like that. Dan chimed in, spewing little bits of cupcake and frosting all over the front of his shirt. Oh, Max shook yeah. his head <laughs> at his friends teasing. They just didn't get it. No, but guys. Why is he- why is he spewing out? <laughs> you For just some reason, don't he's, get it. he's eating cupcake. No, but guys, I just love my drums so much. You guys don't understand the bond we have because you never bothered to actually connect with your instruments. Harsh. They rolled their eyes at me and went about their days. Zach tuned his guitar absentmindedly. Cody fucked his pillow, and Dan was off either getting high or harassing someone online or in real life. But as for me, what was I doing? No, don't, don't say it, don't say it. <laughs> I locked myself in the back room of the bus, turned off all the lights, grabbed a bottle of olive oil and locked the door. Wait, olive oil? <laughs> I think they mean like, like moisturizer, right? Like. Olive oil, a bottle of olive oil, Yasmin. 
You're you're fu- you're masturbating. You're jerking off, not making fucking a, a oh, pasta. Oh. Okay. Um. So. Um. Thank God this room was soundproof enough that nobody would care what I was doing back here. Not that they. <laughs> did to begin with see this is how you know that this is written by a child because also like i think when i was like a teenager i was under the assumption that people were like masturbating with porn sounds you know what i mean where they're like oh thank god no one's here to hear me screaming and i'm like what like (laughs) what are you putting on a show for the fact they think there's any privacy on a tour bus for a start they've never been on one um I felt my way to the big couch lining the back wall and got on my knees, feeling my heart begin to burst with excitement and a slight bit of fear. All of the blood that would have been pumping through my body due to fear went right to where I needed it most. (laughs) If Max ever listens to this, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. (laughs) I leaned forward on the couch a bit after putting pillows under my knees. In brackets, stay safe, you dumbasses. Joint Joint pain ain't no joke. I love that. I love that health PSA. And I looked spot. at the two items in my hands. I pulled my pants and Batman underwear that I had stolen from Cody down, slathered the item, <laughs> slathered the item in my right hand up with olive oil, and placed it right between my feet. <laughs> Batman underwear. <laughs> There's so much to unpack with that. Like. <laughs> Batman um, underwear that he stole yeah, so used underwear. But why? Why do ob- Cody like that? They're <laughs> obviously hinting that Max is has got drumsticks now in between his feet. Okay. And is oiling it up. Oh wait. That- okay. So this whole scenario is with Max in the back. In the back of the bus. Oh no! Because I he- thought this was someone just like. <laughs> No, That's what I, this, said. I was like, I know this is someone masturbating with olive oil. <laughs> this is Max with his drumsticks in between his feet right now. Um, olive oiled up. I took a deep breath to mentally prepare myself for what was about to happen. Not that this was something I had to mentally pre- prepare for, really. But I didn't want to get splinters again because I jammed myself down faster than PewDiePie's no! channel room. <laughs> stop I, it's nearly done I carefully lowered myself down and let out a shaky breath as I felt it hit me in the right spot sure it wasn't as filling as I wanted it to be but you can't be picky all the time I let out a soft whimper as I rocked back and forth on my drumstick slowly my left hand pumping myself I only used my left because when I was super focused it would feel like someone else is helping me who did I usually think of you're asking well that's private <laughs> And that is that. That is that. If I know anything about fan fiction, <laughs> thinking about Cody Carson for sure. I'm like, lead singer for sure is always the. I'm, I'm, I have no words. Um, I have no words. That I have is... a lot of words. Most are frightened and afraid, but like. <laughs> what do you think? The, what would, what would the guys say if they read that kind of fan fiction would they find it funny i think they're so sweet like genuinely so i was asking (laughs) i was asking cody one time i was like do you know how many of your fans are furries and he was like because like on tiktok if you look at all the set it off sounds it's either like cosplayers or five million furries and he was like 
Yeah, like, I don't really understand it, but I'm also afraid to ask what that is because I don't want to kink shame anyone and I don't want them to feel like they can't. Oh. I don't want the fur. I'm like, you would be defending the furries. Like, I love <laughs> I Cody Carson, so like, furry defender. You heard it here first, yeah. folks. <laughs> He's the most wholesome human on the planet. Cody Carson are. is a furry, but <laughs> that's its own. That's its own fanfic. <laughs> Leaked. <laughs> Leaked here. Wow. Would you ever read a fan fiction about yourself? <gasps> I literally, I, okay, no, I tweeted at my fans because I was like, I need to romanticize my life. So if you could write me having a good day right now, I would love a fan fiction. <laughs> and then they all started it and then didn't finish it. Like they like sent me like a horny excerpt, and like nothing else. And I'm like, my fans are too old to be writing fan fiction, I think. Oh, yeah. Cause I think I'd find it really weird. Like when we, when we read that fan fiction about Ling Gunn from Paris, mm-hmm. yeah. it freaked me out because there's something about reading like horny fan fiction about women that's just a bit icky. It feels creepy. It feels like there's yeah. a guy outside the window watching and writing and taking notes. It's like, no. But see, like, yeah, I mean, I feel like all of my fans are like girls anyway, so they wouldn't do me dirty like that. Fair, fair enough. They'd just be like, if anything, if anything, nice I thing. feel like fan fiction about me is like always like scene queens, the dumb, because people think I'm like scary. And then like, you know, you have a conversation with me and like you find out that I'm painfully awkward and don't know how to meet people. So like shocks to them. But <laughs> you're empowered. Find that scary. Who would yeah. you if you could write a fan fiction? I oh God, who who would you write it about? the list of people you're thinking of right now i Mm. yeah okay Um, throw out a topic what would the fan fiction be about um being adopted who would you want to be adopted by be adopted oh i would want to be adopted by Hayley Williams, because I feel like she could just dye my hair and it wouldn't go terrible. Like, we, it wouldn't be weird. I'd just be like, girl, hook me up with that good dye young, you know? I, I don't have the $12 to pay for it. Is that what your fan fiction would be? Just Hayley Williams dyeing your hair? Yeah, I have mommy issues. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's fair, honestly. Hmm. I'd want Dolly Parton to, to adopt me. Oh, I would love that. Yeah. That's... I just think she would just have the best one-liners. I feel like she would just G you up every day. That's so fair. I want to be adopted by... Does it have to be a musician? No. No. Okay, then Jennifer Coolidge for sure. <gasps> oh my gosh. Yes. Oh yes. my have you gosh. Seen, there was an interview she just did the other day at the Golden Globes, and they were like, what, um, what is a role that you want to play? And she's like, I want to be a dolphin, I think, is my next role. And I was like, I'm in love with her. Like, a dolphin. And they're like, like an animated dolphin. And she's like, no. <laughs> oh, I love her. Her in Tell- the wetsuit. <laughs> Literally. Tell me you've watched um, uh, White Lotus. No, I haven't watched White Lotus yet. And my friend, like, Canner is so mad at me. because She's like, you literally are obsessed with Jennifer Coolidge. And I was like, well, my mom watches White Lotus. So I thought it was for old people. Like, I thought it was the same as, like, uh, God, I don't know. Like, I can't even think of the show. Never mind, whatever. But, yeah, I didn't watch it because I thought it was, like, a mom's show. But apparently it's not. Oh, my God, no. It's really good. And it's the kind of show you don't want to watch when your parents are in the room because there's a lot of sexy scenes. 
That's what she said. She was yeah. like, there was a lot of twists and turns and gay twists and turns. And... <gasps> it's really, really good. Um, all right. Well, that's it for episode 100. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank um, you for having me and emotionally scarring me with those fan fictions <laughs> of people that I know intimately. <laughs> I love that, like, you have to explain to your record label when they're like, so how did that interview go? And you were like, yeah, Um. so they read fan fiction about that guy I did a song with and he his friend, his band member shoved a stick up his ass. It was great. Well, you know, it's funny is like Max and I have had like... <laughs> very limited conversation like we haven't really like gotten to hang out that much so I'm like so I love that it was all based off of Max who I'm now like gonna see in a few months um just to be like uh I know more than I should know about you you know it's not real like it's never gonna now it's in my brain and I can't like unsee that I'm just gonna think that's real what if <laughs> what if he has Batman underwear on <gasps> Dun, dun, dun. No, please stop. Plot no. twist. Plot twist. I just, why did he steal it from Co- Like, uh, the dynamic there is so odd. It's so Why bizarre. is Cody, also like the Batman underwear, why is Cody like, well, actually, no, he has a lot of action figures at his house, so I could see it, but I don't, I don't wish to see it, but I could see it now. <laughs> I feel like the fan, whoever wrote it, got it from somewhere. I feel they got it from like, an interview or something it's like one of those tidbits um but anyway we won't keep you too much longer because you are busy you are touring the world you are making millions and millions of pounds and dollars because that's you what are... happens when but, you're in oh music. yes exactly in music um and you've got uh strippers and champagne coming around very very soon because that's also what happens in music yeah i mean that's real that is like part of my i am the strippers and the champagne in this <laughs> scenario <laughs> I see. I can see this right. In the future, if you could have as much budget as you want for a stage show, what would you have? Because I've got I, it. I've got it. I've got a vision for you. So I want to do like a full metal show, but I want to do it like Britney Spears, like with wireless oh, headset, like oh pop God. star to heavy metal. Yeah, baby yes. metal already kind of does it, but I want to do it in like a like you know slutty Y two K way. Yes, and um, uh, what's her face? Uh, not within temptation. In this moment, Maria. Oh Brain. yeah, I forgot yeah. that. Yeah, she also has like a wireless headset and that's like the. Yeah, but... I want backup dancers for sure. Right, I'm going to um take ideation commission for this because right, in the future, <laughs> do you remember like Dita Von Teese, yes. dancer, and she had yes. the glass, the champagne glass, mm-hmm. or sh- not champagne? It was like a glass anyway. And she did the dance inside the glass of bubbles. That's iconic. That would be singing that's metal what you need from to do. inside. Yeah, that's it. She that apparently thing. does like an LA like kind of residency thing where she does like four nights and they're always like sold out. And I want to go so bad, but it, I think it happened over New Year's, so I didn't go. Next I was being time. a Pierce the Veil slash emo night person, so I couldn't. Well, maybe you'll see her at one of your next shows. Maybe that's what's happening. Yeah, I I would go open for her. I feel like that'd be insane. <laughs> like, imagine. I think she listens to the podcast, so it could happen. Um, right. So the way we always end our podcast is to have words of wisdom. Um, my words of wisdom for today. Um, so if everybody else can think of theirs, my words of wisdom for today are: if you are going to stick items inside your anus, <laughs> use lubrication. 
Jeans. Not cooking oil. Not <laughs> oil that you cook with. You can buy lubricant and it, it's like KY jelly and it's so much better. Yeah, I thought he was gonna like put it on his body. I was confused as to the oil and now I'm like kind of yeah. grossed and yeah. alarmed. Worried my, that he had splinters, but anyway, ugh. My words of wisdom would be um, if you are gonna write fan fiction, don't write it under your legal name. Do not do not have your legal <laughs> documented name yeah. as, a, as a username because it, I tell you now, it'll follow you for life. Digital footprint is real, girlies. Good words of wisdom. I feel like my words of wisdom is that um, directors in Los Angeles should pick up more gay fan fictions to make movies off of instead of yeah. like ridiculously horny straight fan fictions. Yes. Yes. Because yes. the only ones I've seen are like the like, oh, I'm with, he's such a bad guy. And I'm like, mm, I want either that or pick up the like, I am the bad guy. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm the problem. Yeah, the, I relate to those fan fictions, women that are the problem and do bad things. Yeah, you just like me for real. <laughs> okay, well, thank you so much to everyone that listened to this week's on Wednesday's We Wear Black episode 100. If you want to send us an email, it's wewearblackpod at gmail.com. If you want to follow me, it's at I am Sophie K. I am at Yasmin Subinex on everything. And to I'm find- at Teen Queen Rocks on everything if you uh, don't know yes. who I am yet. Oh. There we go. Just had to plug myself. Of course. No, you're part of the gang now. You're now part of the family. Um, thank you for joining. And hopefully we'll have you again one time soon. Yeah. Soon. I want we we have to all hang out at some point when I'm in the UK. I feel like the reason I'm coming back, you're already gonna be there just knowing the two of you. So we'll have yes. to like gather for something. We'll be there. You were listening to on Wednesdays we wear black. Please rate and subscribe so that we can keep doing what we do. Special thanks goes out to the Nova Twins for the badass music and Wargasm for the killer screams. See you next week.